0: Do you lack motivation to keep getting into the gym? Do you lack structure with your fitness routine? Do you keep doing the same thing over and over again and and getting the same exact result? If that sounds like you, then I want you guys to make sure that you go check out my brand new revamped 10 week program because so many people struggle with a lack of motivation. They struggle with a lack of structure, but we make sure that we start off the program by getting very clear on what is the exact goal that you want to achieve then we determine the strategy. We determine the two or the three things that are the most important things that you need to do every single week in order to achieve that goal. And then I help you hold you accountable every single week, week after week, to make sure you're actually making progress. Like I don't let my clients go more than a few weeks if they're not continuing to make progress to their goals. So make sure you guys check out my brand new 10 week program at nickcarrier.com slash 10 week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10 week programs. That way you can go from a lack of motivation to being able to jump out of bed Every single morning. The seven roadblocks that hold you back from asking questions. How to spark curiosity within yourself. How she went from a 20-year-old single mother on food stamps to an international speaker and entrepreneur. How he went from a bankrupt 26-year-old to speaking on the biggest stages with the likes of Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, and so many others. Coming right up. This is episode number two, five. Nine, with Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you want to become the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do in order to get there. Because it's overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people fall short of their true potential. But that's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Today, I am super honored and pumped to bring you Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Have you ever heard of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series? I'm not sure who hasn't. Maybe you live under a rock, but Mark is the co-founder and co-author of this series, which has sold over 500 million copies of their books. Literally 500 million copies. He thinks they have over A billion readers all-time. His wife, Crystal, is also like Mark, an international speaker, author, and entrepreneur. Most recently, Mark and Crystal have teamed up to write the brand new book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. This book is without a doubt one of my favorite I've ever read and I've read a ton of books. I know after listening to this interview you're going to go to Amazon and buy it right now because it's that good. Also, be sure to go to askthebookclub.com to check out the book club that they're starting around the book. Before diving into the episode, make sure you're following me on Instagram at carrier underscore best you and follow Mark and Crystal at Mark Victor Hansen and at crystal to And you can find everything in the show notes at nickcarrier.com slash podcast. But without further ado, here's to getting closer to your best you with Mark and Crystal. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super honored and and super fired up today to have the one and only Mark Der Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen with me today. Uh, Mark and Crystal, I just want to start by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today.
1: It's it's our delight. It's nice to be in Scottsdale, Nashville at the same time, Nick.
0: (laughs) Uh, So happy to be here with you, Nick. Of course, of course. Yeah, it's good to be in uh, in Scottsdale with you there as well. Uh, so to introduce you just real quickly, uh, Crystal, you're uh, an international speaker, researcher, uh, and corporate consultant, author, entrepreneur um, with an expertise in human potential. And Mark, you're an inspirational, motivational speaker, uh, you know, when that was a thing, uh, trainer, serial entrepreneur, and um, best known for being the founder and co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series uh, with more than 500 million Book sold, but today we're here to talk about this book. We're here to talk about "Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny." And uh, like Mark, I had mentioned to you in an email before. Uh, the beginning of the book starts with a parable, starting with um, with Michaela. And I don't think I've ever said this about a book before, but it, like, kind of got me emotional, which was kind of, which was kind of weird. But like, it was, it was just super cool. It's just an awesome start to the book. And and sometimes you know, like before chapter one. I, would, I used to convince myself to like not read it until like the book page number says one, but I was so glad that I actually uh, read that parable leading up to the book. But anyways, I just want to say I love that part of the book. I actually want to start today with kind of a personal experience and, and a personal question. So one of the biggest untold lessons that I feel like I've learned from my father is he, I feel like, has unapologetic curiosity. I know when I was young, growing up, and, and me and my sister sometimes would like, cringe when he would ask somebody a question because we were like oh they don't want to answer that like like why would you ask him that question and i and i feel like that's still a part of me today sometimes i don't ask somebody uh, somebody else a question because i fear that they either don't want to be asked that or they don't want to answer it or something to that nature and so what advice can you give me in regards to not feeling that way and not holding myself back from asking the question for that reason
1: Wow. Well, first of all, I love the question, and I think it it is it goes everywhere, because I had unabashed uh, curiosity, and even my own one of my daughters, we were at a great meal, and there's a great author uh, right across the table, Dean Kuntz, who's not, he writes horror, and that's not the zone I write, but I wanted to meet him, and I knew that it was there, and she said, Dad, you just can't go up and walk up and tell people stuff and ask them questions. She was a teenager, and she was sophomore, and she knew everything, and I thought, <laughs> Wow. So what we did in, in our book is we said, hey, look, there's seven roadblocks to asking. And, and one is comes out of unworthiness. And you say, well, am I going to look less worthy? Am I, and get rejected because we everyone's got to make themselves rejection proof, especially in these times. You've got to become bulletproof. Then we doubt whether we're worthy to ask a question. What if it's a question that makes me look stupid and all that kind of stuff? Then we're naive about what we can ask. These are the seven roadblocks that we cover so well an excuse i'll I'll just make an excuse i'll meet him or her sometime well i've never met him again and i I really had some questions i did read some of his books and then we got fear which is false evidence appearing as real and fear is running rampant right now yesterday we decided we're going to do a product on on overcoming that for everybody because there's five kinds of fear and then pattern paralysis where you know my teacher's teacher was albert einstein bucky fuller was my teacher and his teacher was albert and, and uh Einstein always said, if you keep doing what you're doing and expect a new result, you're cuckoo crazy. <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, disconnection, which we're, because so many of us have gone into this cocoon for almost a year now, uh, we're feeling disconnected and discombobulated in a lot of things. That's a quick overview and, a, and maybe too broad brush, and we can go very specific if you want, but I, I'm i cheering you on to become the, I mean, you've done 245 episodes God bless you for having such a big podcast. So you got to be good at questions and I'm glad you got out of the uh, withholds of your dad and, and hopefully you thank him for inspiring you to ask endless questions.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, definitely, it definitely has. And, and I feel like, I felt like it was kind of when I started the podcast or a little bit before the podcast is when I really felt myself get a little bit more and more curious about a lot of different things. And so how much do you feel like curiosity is both like natural or, or born versus learned? And obviously, I'm sure, I'm sure some of it is learned. So the, the second part of that question is, how can you actually like activate and stimulate curiosity out of somebody?
2: Right. No, it's such a great question. And, you know, we talk about that in the book. the The fact is, we all come into this world as children, completely uncorrupted in our ability to ask. And um, we ask for everything, we want, we're endlessly curious, we wanna know who, what, when, where, or why, how. And we also want to ask for more and we're not afraid to ask for more or ask for what we want, right? Because that is our little human spirit growing and evolving and that is the very thing, those questions that we demand answers to is the very thing that allows us as that little human being to keep growing and learning and becoming something new every day in fact it's the only way that we can grow and learn and evolve and then over time depending on the way we were parented and it sounds like your dad was awesome at this and just a great example but a lot of people's parents weren't it's like quit asking questions you're (laughs) gonna sound stupid don't bug me you know so the way we were parented, uh, the, the events that happened in our schooling, you know, was there an environment that fostered questions or was like, just listen to what you're told and don't ask so many questions, you know, that sort of thing. All those little things start to become the baggage that we carry around. And then we go on to jobs where opinions aren't valued. They don't even ask us for feedback, you know, or if you try, it's like, no, we told you what to do, just do it. And um, over time, and then just basic life rejection, that beautiful innate ability to ask questions, to be curious, to do it shamelessly, um, just gets crushed out of us. And it's so sad because the studies show, that we, we looked at a lot of studies and the studies show that most people are afraid to ask. And going into the study, what they found was most people thought that if they asked for help, advice, information, or just ask someone to help them with something, that they would be perceived as being stupid, ignorant, uninformed, or that the person would just be irritated, annoyed, and think that you know, you're just obnoxious and pushy. And it's the studies reveal just the opposite. So our perception going into to asking for something is very different than the reality. The reality is if you ask someone something, generally people are pretty open and willing. In fact, there's an 80% more likely chance that you're going to get your request answered in some way to the best of their ability, right? And so there's honestly like no reason not to ask, but what holds us back are these programs that we've taken on over a lifetime. And Mark mentioned, we talk about those very specifically in the book called the seven roadblocks to asking. And what we found is most people carry at least one, if not more, or even all of those roadblocks. I know as we you know, determine the roadblocks. Um, We realize that at times in our lives, we've experienced every one of those and probably all of us have. So super important to look at those in the book, super important to look at the stories and realize, you know, how you can overcome your roadblocks because there's so much waiting for you on the other side. If you are just willing to suspend your fear, get over your roadblocks and become that infinitely curious person again, that's willing to ask for anything really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely agree in that all of us have multiple roadblocks to, to varying degrees. Um, and, and to kind of go back on, on one of the things that you said, we, we kind of create narratives in our head. And, and the narrative that I felt, I feel like I told myself and still sometimes tell myself in regards to not asking the question is like, oh, they don't want me to get too personal with them. They don't really want to answer that question. But the reality of the situation is most of the time, like when I saw my dad ask a question or if I end up asking the question like the person is flattered that you asked about them or they were, they're just like flattered that you care about their opinion in the first place.
2: It is so true. And that's what the studies show. The other studies done by Harvard show that if you ask more questions in a business situation or even a personal relationship, like a dating situation, the person that you're asking of, that that relationship, they are more likely to find you likable and want to do more business with you. Also in the dating scenario, you're more likely to get a second date when you ask more questions, are more curious about that person. It is a great compliment to someone when you care about their opinion, when you care about what they have to say about a particular thing. So yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: No, I completely agree. Oh, go ahead.
1: Nick, with your permission, I want to go back. She wrote the fable of Michaela and she was going to be doing it in four parts in a book. And I said, no, no, honey, we got to squish it together. so magnificent, it's going to be the world's longest fable to start a book <laughs> rather than a, a fairy tale book. What is it that caused you to have emotionality? What part of the story about Michaela?
0: Um, I think it was the fact that she just didn't seem like she had a whole lot of belief in herself that anything she did had an impact. And then when countless people were recognizing her, for her impact that she was making on the entire community. And like that part was just so cool because she just didn't believe in herself. And like, to me, that, that's my biggest pain. When I coach people or I see people and they don't believe in themselves, that they can be something great that gives me the most pain. And so like when I saw that in her, that's what made me emotional.
1: And that's really the place we're at right now. People have had the beliefs squished out of them. And and what we're saying is, and why we think ask is working so well is we're saying, Hey, look, everybody's telling us they don't get one book, they get three, they get one for themselves, one for their partner, whether it's a spousal partner, business partner, mastermind partner, church partner, and they're going over every question and they're transforming, coming out of this cocoon and saying, hey, wait a second, who do I, what, they ask themselves, you know, the three questions we ask, who are, you know, who am I, who am I with others and who am I in God and, and you know, those kind of questions and as you start to ask them, you unfold, you transform. And that's what she did. That's why that story is so, to me, it's every man and every woman. It's a compelling human narrative that all of us have some self-belief issues that we got to work on and sculpt to make our great, grander self. And that's why the subtitle of the book asks the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, because all of us have a destiny for are life you got a destiny, even though you've been shut down for a year and even though you might own a restaurant in Nashville that's not open right now, you've still got a great destiny.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that we all struggle from varying levels of the self-belief issue and, and definitely need to uh, ask our way out of it a lot of times. Um, but last thing I wanted to say before I kind of want to dive into one of the roadblocks in particular was – you know, you mentioned how this, the studies show that you're going to have a better relationship if you ask, and there's there's a saying that to be the most interesting person in the room, be the most interested person in the room and ask, and ask the most questions. But I want to dive into, uh, I think it might be the fourth roadblock excuses where, um, Mark, you talk about a, a story with your brother, Bailey, where I think you dropped him off at the airport um, after him spending a few days or holiday with you, whatever it was, and you thought he was going to be fine, but he, I guess he had never really been to the airport by himself. Long story short, he ends up missing his flight, but you don't find out until maybe his daughter or uh, called you later that night or the next day or whatever it was and said, like, where is he? And, when you, and you were like, what do you mean? He's not there. Um, and, and you ended up finding out that he did not know how to navigate his way through the airport, but he was too prideful to ask anybody for help or ask you for help. And I think that's something that all of us, I know that I can relate to a lot in the sense of being too prideful. To ask and to feel like to show somebody else that you don't know the, the answer to something that might be seemingly simple. And so question is like, how do we overcome being too prideful and, and being okay with ask that asking that question?
1: Well, first of all, it, it is my brother, and, and he did come here to Arizona and visit us after his wife had died, who we absolutely love and adore, but she dragged him through the airports. Here's a guy running the Atomic Energy Commission, a really smart guy. So I knew he'd been in a lot of airports. So I said when I'm dropping them off, I said, do you want me to go in? Are you sure you know how to get there? Because, you know, we traveled up until COVID a quarter million miles a year and been to 80 countries. And, you know, even in places where there is no English in in France or in Italy, there was no signage in English, you know, and you, we still made it through. So my assumption was he'd make it through long story short. All of us got to be willing to say, Hey, look, I know to you, this is gonna sound like a stupid question. And in my case, I do that almost daily on the computer because you know, when I wrote that book with Art Linkler, I said, we teach our kids to read and they teach it and they need to teach us how to use all the social media, all the electronic media. And and uh, our son is just great. I call him up and say, hey, I'm having this little hiccup yesterday on a computer because we need to do a show. And I couldn't figure out how to get through it. He <laughs> said, just do this, 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 that, and you'll have it. And all of us, and you have gotta be willing to admit it. And, and I'm sure he looks at me and goes, God, the old man. Some levels is a dolt. He's supposed to be smart. <laughs> He's an idiot, and and it's okay. I'm willing to be an idiot because I need to get the result. That's the point. All of us are here for two reasons. You know, Genesis one twenty eight. You're here to if if you're made in the image and likeness. You're supposed to create. Then you're supposed to create. And then number two, back to your question earlier. You're here to contribute. And how much can you contribute? Because that's your destiny to source and serve other people.
0: Mm. Gotcha. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, to uh, Chris, I want to kind of go to a story, a story from you. So you were married at 17 and then three and a half, and then three and a half years later, <laughs> three and a half years later, you were getting divorced with a two year old. So do you think you would be where you are today? And, and as successful as you are today, if that experience had not happened?
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, it's such a great question, Nick. And I'm so glad you brought it up because it's easy to look at people who have this, you know, level of success and you think, oh, it's just gone so easy for them and nothing really bad has happened. And they just kind of sailed through life. And it's never true. I promise you, if you really get into people's stories, um, that that's not the case. And often they've been through tremendous adversity, but it's that adversity that made them stronger or better. And that's certainly the case for, for me and for Mark. But um yeah I was just one of those kids who thought you know high school's easy thought I'd accelerate my curriculum graduated 16 married my boyfriend five years older and uh boy it turned out to be a bad life plan you know <laughs> so I'm on my like two and a half years later baby on my hip um in a new city no friends no family no idea how I was going to support myself and then I applied for the food stamps and you know it was at that moment where um I was standing at the grocery store line, just trying, looking, getting ready to exchange my diapers and food with, for those food stamps. And I had a huge epiphany. And I mean, it was so noticeable that I almost felt like this light was shining on my head and it was this moment of truth, but a question dropped into my mind. And that question was, how did I get here? First question. It was actually two questions. How did I get here? Followed by a second question that was, are you doing the best you can to get out of the situation or are you taking the easy way out? And it was almost like, whoa, I knew. I knew exactly the second that question, I asked that question or it came from somewhere in my mind. And I feel like you know, if we're open to God and the universe, those questions will come to us. And I knew honestly, I wasn't doing the best I can. And I felt like I was taking the easy way out. So I just had this total pivot in my mind and heart where as I'm turning over over those food stamps to the cashier, I'm like, this will not be my future. I already decided when I answered that question, I already decided I'm not doing the best I can. This is not going to be my future. So I went home to my little apartment where I was getting eviction notices every single month. And, you know, I didn't have any answers, but I had questions. I knew I had questions and it's so freeing when you realize that. So I just started asking like, who would hire me tomorrow? What could I do? Remember the minute I started asking that, that I'd heard on the radio about like, Kelly Girls temp service agencies. So I call them up, I'm like, how do I apply? Told me how to do it. I applied for it and I start getting these job offers. You know, you work for two weeks or three days and uh, then realized there were two other service temp service agencies. So I applied for all of them. So I'd get better jobs and just pick the ones I like. And I'm filling in at attorney's offices and doing sales at conventions and stuff like that. And pretty soon I'm starting to like love working and love meeting these people and love working with people and decided at that point to put myself through real estate school. Um, Meantime, I had, you know, someone hit me up and said, you should go do some modeling. So I thought, what do I have to lose? I I stumble into the biggest agency. I'm like, will you sign me to be a model? Fortunately, they did after they made me practice walking the runway, which was really awkward because I'd never done it. You know, it's like those moments where you either humble yourself and just go for it. But fortunately, you know, after a few corrections, they're like, okay, we'll sign you. But I ended up getting some national television commercials (laughs) and they went some television commercials that went national. So literally the, that like a a little more than a year and a half from that moment, I'm turning over the food stamps for my diapers and groceries. I'm now working for the biggest home builder in our Valley. I'm a licensed realtor. I became um, salesman of the month, um, months in a row, top number one salesperson. And um, I'm getting all of these, um, you know, residuals and royalties, and because I was making royalties, um, you have to join Screen Actors Guild to get them, I'm suddenly getting the best insurance benefits for myself and my son. Talk about a wild pivot, and, but I would think back, and I'm like, whoa, how, how did I save myself right then? Because I was sliding into my own victimization, you know, like, how, and I had every excuse, I'm young, I'm a mother, no one's helping me, and it would have been so easy to slide down that slippery slope, but... Mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful that I asked those questions. Those questions came to my mind, and they're tough questions. Sometimes we have to parent ourselves. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves the tough question: Am I doing the best I can, or am I taking the easy way out? And and then be have the courage to answer it honestly, because when mm-hmm. you do, things will change dramatically in your life if you're willing to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's why I asked the uh, that's why I asked the question question, Crystal, because I feel like so many people don't realize they're, that they're falling into the easy way out because it can sometimes just all of a sudden, like you can wake up one day or you can be in the line one day and just figure out that it's happening. And to me, that was a, a really powerful question that I read as well. I, I wrote it down in my notes and the question was this, are you taking the easy way out by finding ways to just survive? Or are you tapping into your own skills and talents and trying harder to find ways to thrive? And because I, I think that's so to so many people. And I think this was maybe my note underneath it. I was like, in the short term, it's easier and it's, it's less work to just survive, but you'll just be surviving your entire life if you do that. And so kind of the, a question for, for either of you is how can somebody make sure that they prevent falling into that complacency or falling into that just wanting to survive? We're going to take a brief pause in the interview really quickly because if you're somebody who is looking to achieve a fitness goal or maybe you lack motivation to get into the gym, you lack some structure in your in your weekly routine, or maybe you've been wanting to get back into the fitness game and get back to maybe your weight loss goal or whatever goal it is, and you're not really quite sure how. If that sounds like you, my 10-week program is for you because I help everybody set a very specific goal. Then we create a very specific strategy of the two or the three things that we need to do every single week that we believe are going to make us successful with our overall goal and that'll help you execute and I'll help you hold you accountable every single week so you do the things that you kind of know you should be doing but you're you're not quite doing them right now and that's what I've done with hundreds of people over the past 365 days over the past a little over a year and I want you to make sure that you are part of it as well and enough for me I want you to hear from the people who have done it in the past what they've got out of it and, and why they did it in the first place so here you go I cannot say enough good things about Nick's 10-week program. I have always been somebody who has worked out, but never really had a fitness goal. If anything I really wanted to achieve, it was more so just to stay in shape. And Nick does a great job of helping you not only define the goal, but also realize what steps you need to take to get there. Tomorrow, as of my weigh-in week nine, I hit my goal of losing 25 pounds in 10 weeks. Just the whole methodology of the program, with it being one big goal, followed by some smaller goals to help me reach that big goal and then the weekly
2: commitments to help me reach those smaller goals. During these times it's helped strengthen my mental health and strengthen my focus and really made sure to hold me accountable to my goals.
0: I'm so happy that I was able to hit the goal and uh, so much so that I decided to do another 10 weeks with Nick.
2: I would recommend it to anybody, no matter what your goals are. If it's weight loss, if it's running a shorter mile, if it's anything you would like to achieve, I think that this program gives you the tools to set yourself up for success.
0: But one of the biggest benefits for me and the biggest takeaway I had was one I wasn't necessarily set out to improve upon, and that was building more self-confidence and really instilling self-accountability. The program was great. Um, I'm doing it again a second time to continue my weight loss, and I just can't recommend it enough. So again, guys, if you lack motivation, if you lack structure, if you want to get back into your fitness game, but you're not really sure how, then I want you to make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs to learn more. For now, let's get back to the interview.
1: Well, by the way, I, I've been there, so you, I want to take you through it very specifically. I'm going to do my own story, and then we'll do the principles hidden in the story with your permission. 1974, I'm 26. I'm a hot shot. I built the Wall Street Record Club, Botanical Gardens, Aviaries, homes, all out of plastic, PVC, polyvinyl chloride. Wrong timing because the Arabs came along and said, we can write checks so big, your banks are and Our interest rate went up to 28%, so it was a really rough time. And it was, you know, all of a sudden I go, oh my God, what if I go bankrupt? Well, if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong result. So I, I checked a book out of the library, how to go bankrupt by yourself, and I did. So for six months, I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room in his sleeping bag on the floor outside his bedroom door. And all of a sudden it came to me back to questions. You got to ask yourself, ask others, ask God. And I asked myself, what do I really want to do? This is where you got to go. You got to go in your deeper innermost to know where you want to go. And I said, I wanna to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. And I go down to my three roommates, I'm living in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. And I say, hey, you guys, you guys know anyone that's young, not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a celebrity, not a Broadway star, a movie star that's talking and making money. I said, yeah, there's this kid out in the He's doing a great job. And by the way, I'm not going, so here's my ticket. You take my ticket. Well, I race out there and this guy mesmerizes the audience for three hours. Named Chip Collins later, we got to be great friends. But I walk up to him and I said, hey, I want to do what you do. He said, look, kid, chance you're doing this and making it one in a thousand, get out of here. I said, wait, 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 let me buy you lunch. I'm asking you, can I buy you lunch? He said, yeah. And then I'm going to ask him every question I could about how to do it. He said, well, look, you can ask me, but you got to stay out of real estate. I own this market in five boroughs. You do life insurance, which you know a lot about. And I, you know, so he said, he told me what to do, what questions to ask. And the final question was great to the general agent or manager, do you want to cut the check or have your secretary cut it? I thought, oh, what a great question. <laughs> Never heard that way before. That's why you gotta mentor and have mentees. Anyhow, I did a thousand talks a year for the first three years in the business and Tony Robbins and I were talking one time and he said, only you and I have ever done that much because if you want massive success, you gotta take massive action in the right direction. Anyhow, people kept saying, do you have that story in a book? And I wrote a book called, the first book was Stand Up, Speak Out and Win. And I said to the audience, this is not a New York Times bestseller. It is not a national bestseller, but it's my bestseller. And I want to sign it to you, your wife, your kids, and your dog, if you have one. <laughs> and they'll laugh. But in one year, I earned $20,000. I tripled my, uh, sorry, 20,000 books at $10 each made $200,000. I tripled my income, changed my life and lifestyle, because you got to pivot toward what's going to make the greatest profit, because profit is a result of service, the quality of service, Plus the quantity of service equal with a positive mental attitude equals unlimited compensation mm, mm, that's powerful that I can go back on any of it, but I'll let you have it
0: yeah, no, no, I like it, and, and I wanted to touch on that story as well because i I think it was so important. What do you think you know look looking back on it what is what would you have done differently to make sure that at twenty six you didn't go bankrupt. Like if you, were, if you were to make decisions beforehand to prevent that situation, what, what would that have been? Was it like a mental thing or was it like the, the work that you were doing or what was
1: it? By the way, from a longer, pr- remember, one of the things we write in the, our books is change your perspective, change your life, because your perspective determines your life. Is it, um, if I had not gone bankrupt, I wouldn't have become a speaker and the world's best-selling author. So it was exactly what had happened. It got me out of the wrong business which I call now my best worst experience. And and I was hurting for certain. Well, I wanted to kill myself a couple of times. It's that, that line in the last line in Genesis, what you meant for my harm, God meant for my good and the story of Joseph and many color coat. And I, that's where everyone is today. I wouldn't cancel that. That's where 80% of the Americans are. They're frightened. They're scared. They're uptight. They're depressed They're despondent. They're disconsolate. And that means you've got something phenomenal in front of you. But from our point of view, based on the fact that a couple of days ago, we got 121 letters in one day, you got to read the book, ask, go over it with somebody, every question, and really discover who your higher, better self is.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, So I want to, I want to go a little bit deeper into roadblock number two, uh, roadblock 207, and again, for a personal reason, but I also just think it's But a lot of people experience the same thing. And the second roadblock is naivete or, or being naive. And I think that one of the things i found when trying to start my business and grow my business is that I wasn't asking myself big enough questions. I wasn't asking myself like, what is like really, really possible. I was, I was kind of limiting myself and capping myself. And I don't know what, what the reasoning is. I think it's just because I don't know what it is, but a lot of people limit, like, grow up with limited possibilities and so they just don't know what, what is actually possible. And so basically, how can we like, reframe our mind to stop asking smaller questions and ask bigger questions? Because like, I know that I do it, but I still find myself doing it more and more often. So like, how can we ask bigger questions that are more powerful?
2: Right. No, it's such a good question, Nick. And I just think really quickly, I just want to share that story because I think it helps to give you a lot of perspective of how that's happening in your own life. And I just, we, I tell the story, like my daughters were born 16 months apart. We hired this beautiful Filipina lady and she came every day and would make these beautiful dishes from her homeland. And one day she shows up and cuts this fruit up on a plate, hands it to me, and it's this juicy orange fruit. And, and I taste it, I bit into it. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. This is the best fruit I've ever tasted. Melda, what is it? She goes, it's a mango. And I go, mango, how come I've never had a mango before? Because I thought I was really worldly. I'd traveled all over Europe multiple times. And, and I said, where did you get this? Thinking she had to import this from the Philippines. And she goes, at the grocery store. And I was like, these are at the grocery store? I passed these by the grocery store, the best fruit in the whole world. How could I miss that? I'm so naive that these exist. I just don't know. I just don't know that the best fruit ever is right there for me and I walk past it every day. So, you know, I grew up in Idaho where we have a lot of potatoes, but we don't have mangoes. And, you know, so I didn't have any experience with them. And that's what we do every day. It made me think about it deeply like, who else am I missing? What else am I missing in my life that could be so amazing? What people am I passing every day that could be my best advocate, my next best friend, someone that I could forge, you know, a great idea with and create something really great with, or someone that I could just help that really needs me? You know, we walk past people all the time. We just, okay, now I've got my own business or we just aren't even aware of it. We're not aware that there are these other things. There's more for us out there. And and same thing with opportunities. What opportunities are we passing by every day? And we, cause we're just, naive. we just don't even know. And so I would say, really, this is the time to become wildly curious again because it's that curiosity that's going to lead you to those people, those opportunities, those things that you don't even know exist that are going to change your life. I promise you, if you look at them, if you pay attention to them, if you focus on these things a little bit more, um, you know, there's so much information out there for us, but we need to look for the things um, and the people around us that that could be offering us something new. And look at life with, you know, through a whole new lens. We waste a lot of time in our lives. We're just rolling around on social media, listening to a lot of negative stuff. What a waste of time. I mean, look for the great things that are happening. You know, look for, I I love, we, you know, Mark's wildly curious and and I am too, but I mean, he's always throwing me like all these cool stuff first thing in the morning. He gets on and looks at the news and it's like, look what Elon Musk is doing now. You know, this is going to affect our lives. Elon Musk put a thousand satellites into space and he's going to put 40,000 and he's going to do this worldwide un- censored free internet for everyone so if you're a farmer in Pakistan or you know in Greenland you can get the internet and so it connects us all and so it it equalizes everything and I think there are so many going to be so many opportunities if we stay positive you know we're in this politically charged environment and divided environment we need to stop dividing and start remembering we're human beings and start thinking about how, how do we create a beautiful utopia in our world how do we and it's by—it's really by connecting to one another, connecting to these amazing opportunities that technology will build for us, you know, will bring to us, and and a lot of this, these uh, technology breakthroughs will transcend governments. I mean, it's going to be amazing. But never has there been a, a, a more important time for each of us to be our best, and we need to sit down with ourselves and take that asking journey so we're ready and we're prepared and we're actually excited. We're not hopeless, we're excited. You know? We need to sit there and ask ourselves, ask others and ask God. And Mark and I spend the first hour of every day like in this meditation, prayer kind of session where we, and we ask these questions, You know, redoing our priorities. Are we on track? What's important to us today? All of these things that sort of re-vector you and keep you on your path, keep you on that bridge from your dreams to your destiny.
0: Yeah, no, and I I definitely think that the like the aware like from the beginning of the of the story the the awareness of of knowing that you're not asking the right questions or there's like a gap between what you think is there and how much really actually is there the awareness of that is huge and um you know touching on the the Elon Musk thing like the bigger the questions that you ask the bigger the answers you're gonna you're gonna come up with and so that's I mean the bigger the the answers you come up with the bigger impact that you're gonna have and, and so I think we need to you know, when we question ourselves, we need to continually challenge ourselves. Are we asking the big enough questions right now? Or are we are we limiting what we're capable of? Um, next, I kind of want to go through a series of, of what I've written down as like of most important questions, if you will. And, and, and so for both of you guys, is there, um, has there been a most important question that you've asked in the past, but you didn't really realize the significance of it until a little bit later?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to hit that first and then she can hit it with your permission. I, I really think this thing, you know, ask yourself, ask others, ask God, ask God is, is usually forgotten. And and what it means is, you know, if you don't know your destiny, 400 times before you go to sleep, you say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? Your deeper, innermost, higher, most subconscious mind will answer, but you've got to be ready with a pen and paper and tell your sweetie, hey, sweetie. I just listen to Mark and Crystal and they may be whack jobs, but you know, I got to have paper next to bed because the answer is going to come. At the simplest level, when I came out of bankruptcy and I was trying to get bigger like you are right now, back right in 1974, making a hundred grand a year is like making a half million a year now. And I wanted to do that. So I'd read The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol. It said, go to bed and meditate 400 times. I thought, wow, I'll just do it 400, 400, 400. I'm going to make 400 tomorrow. And in in the middle of the night, 258 in the morning, it came through. Bill Widener, State Neutral. I'd never heard of him, never heard of State Neutral. I was working with Metropolitan, Prudential, all the big guys, Guardian, but I never I'm out co-calling. I did a seminar. I'm co-calling before I do the next seminar I'm out in Hawk Hog. Go into this building that's a Met building, and it says Bill Widener, State Neutral. And I went, holy cow! Because I had it written on, I had it on a equivalently a sticky in my pocket. Walk in, nobody's at the front desk. It's lunchtime. I rushed to the guy's office. Within five minutes, he gave me a check for 400 dollars And I thought, Whoa, this works. Now, the difference, $400 a day times 250 uh, work days is a 100000 Ask a bigger question. I sat with the best salesman in the world right after that, Ben Feldman. He said, Mark, you should be making a million a year. He said, it's only one zero. I said, I don't get it. What do you mean one zero? He said, the difference between 400 a day and 4,000 a day is one zero. 4,000 times 250 is a million a year. If your kid's life depended on it, could you make four grand tomorrow? I said, yes, sir. And and suddenly I opened it up. So back to my cliche, which fits what you just said, the size of your question determines the size of your result. If you ask little questions like, how am I going to get the job? How am I going to get along? How am I just going to not die? Those aren't bad questions, but they're not they're not meaty, strong, bold, hearty questions. They're opening opportunity, promotion, advancement, and expansion for you and everyone else. Because when you do better, you can help everyone else do better. and in New York, Andrew Carnegie's house. First thing he wrote in marble at the third grade education is, "No one can get rich without enriching all others."
0: Mm. that's good. That's good. Crystal, did you have a a, a question that you feel like was the most important a uh, most important question that you've asked, but you didn't realize the significance of asking it until later?
2: You know, I think the most important for, question for me that I've continued to ask, and especially I, I feel as as my my spiritual journey has progressed, that's become so important is that, you know, God, what is the greatest expression of me for which I was made? You know, because I really think that's the ultimate. You were made with a certain set of you know your own talents, skills, understandings. There's nobody like you, and so the ultimate state of that is, is, is your ultimate state of expression. You know, how do you become the ultimate expression of you? How do I become the ultimate expression of me for which I was made to the nth degree of what I could do, how I could serve, how could I, I could influence in a positive way. And I think as I continue to ask that question, I've been asking it for a long time. My life keeps evolving in ever better ways. You know, there were times when I thought I was stuck. I was in a marriage that wasn't super happy in. I mean happy in a lot, lot of ways I love my kids and things but just you know and I don't want to get into that not without blaming anybody but you, you know those things happen and so but those things are hard to when now you, she's happy when you're establishing yeah. <laughs> a job or an institution or a marriage that's true um you think gosh there's just uh, you, sometimes you don't see a way out of it but when you go to that bigger place where you're just saying you know, show me what the greatest expression of me is, because that's what I need mm. to be in life. I need to be that. I can't, if I don't, if I'm not that, then I'm always going to feel the sense of like dissatisfaction or loss, really. And I think that's how a lot of us feel sometimes. But when we start embracing that question and looking for the answers and living in wonder, you have to live in wonder and curiosity because the answers are going to flow to you. You need to be able to recognize them. And for me, that happened in, a, in profound ways. I mean, I feel like mine and Mark's coming together was exactly an answer to that question. And I was, I had already been divorced and I wasn't sure if I'd ever get married again. I really, I said, I might just be by myself the rest of my life. So I need to make sure this decision, am am I okay with that? You know, and once I was okay with that, it's like, great, keep moving forward. And so- never in a million years and we came together in this really bizarre (laughs) way and we know it was divine intervention because you're asking those questions you're asking god you're asking the universe you're asking yourself show me this path and it will be there for you i promise
0: yeah i mean I, i liked you know the question of what's the how can or how can i show the highest expression of me i'm botching what you said exactly but that but like literally over the past week or week and a half um your, your book and reading your book has, has sparked me to ask, like, every single day, like, how can I serve the most people in the way that is most uniquely me? Like, that's the question that I've been trying to ask myself, and I'm going to try to stay disciplined um, to, to continue to ask myself that. Um, uh, on a similar note, is there a question when you were back in maybe 26, Mark, w- whatever age, kind of, you know, young, that was there a question that you did not ask that... You wish you would have asked earlier. I
1: don't yeah, that. by the way, because I do have perspective being age 73 now, but I'm going to be 127th options for renewal. <laughs> I was making what I thought was a lot of money, but I could have tenfolded that if I had just asked, why don't I write more books faster? I was so happy selling one book that I could have sold two and doubled the income. I could have sold 10 and, and had a whole old package. And I don't know why. I just was so. I was over enthusiastic. I've never said it quite this way before, but I was so over enthusiastic and exuberant about just my little bit of success that I wasn't being my own best me at that time, which is, you know, your whole shows, you know, what was the best me in earning? What is the best me spiritually? What is the best me in relationship? What is the best me? Well, now I know that I got to not only write books, but I got to sell books and, and create other programs and run the businesses, that's the best for me and the best for us.
0: Mm. I like that. I like that. How about you, Crystal? Anything uh, that you wish you would have asked yourself earlier?
2: You know, you can look back and look at your mistakes and and sort of second guess, but I almost think that everything that that has happened so far has set me up for my realizations and successes and, and breakthroughs. You know, it's made me become who I am today. So it's really hard for me to, to think back and regret that. I mean, uh, there were a few things um, maybe I would, would, wish I would have pushed a little harder on. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, I know one. I, I When I was modeling, um, I got booked by Walmart to do their top national ads, and they cast me out of this huge cattle call for thousands of girls. Um for whatever reason. And I honestly think it's just, they like my personality but because I, I related to them. I would talk to the people. I would like, you know, get personal with them, uh, personable. And um, so I got booked for the teenage role and for the young mother role in these ads that were gonna run. And I had booked this trip with my boyfriend at the time too. Um, and so I was this, he's like pressuring me to come with him and I'm like, the relationship seems so important. And so I canceled the Walmart thing and it was oh. huge. Like it would have been ongoing. And they were so upset. I'm like, they'll just grab another girl and they'll be fine. Then they started threatening my modeling agency. They're like, if we don't get Crystal, we're canceling your whole agency. Oh
1: <laughs> so boy. the pressure
2: was incredible. And I think I do second guess that decision. I wish I would have, you know, I, I, I feel like I caved to pleasing my boyfriend who, who did become, we did end up getting married, but I wish I would have chosen um, myself because that was just a trip. We could do another trip. I think uh, sometimes there were times when I gave up my, my career acceleration for, you know, somebody else's like to make somebody feel good. And so mm-hmm. probably that would be mine. My-
0: yeah. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I love it because you, you started off not really knowing, you're not really knowing the question. Then you kind of got there. You're like, I got one. I got one. <laughs> Came to me I'm
2: like, oh man, why did I do that? That is the one thing I'd be like, I would do that differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well the second to last question here is, um, I think that, in order to get closer to the best version of, of yourself, for me personally, I try to, my, my goal every single day is to try to gain a little bit more clarity as to what I think the best version of myself looks like and what the best version of myself is capable of. And then my goal every single day is to try to reverse engineer that person into reality. And so a, quest, a question that I've found really uh, beneficial for myself that I kind of discovered uh, about a year and a half ago is what I'm getting ready to propose to you guys, uh, for, for each of you individually, is, is there a particular skill or, or piece of knowledge that the best version of yourself has that you don't yet currently have?
1: I, I th- we'll both get to answer that, of course. And it's a great question, but I think we believe that the visualization is the most important part. This is where you close your outer eyes, you go inside the secret place of the most high and the eye of faith and a stage of your imagination. And you see what does it look like that you're going to be doing like right now, Um, We are rocking selling books, but we think the whole marketplace is going to open up. We're going to get to speak again. And right before COVID shut us down, we had two giant launch talks for this in Florida in April and May, one with 11,000 in Florida and one with 15,000 in Washington, D.C. We think those are going to come back and are going to be bigger than ever. We're going to do them with music. And one of the people that I think we'll do some with Remember, this is my dream and vision is with Dolly Parton, because I only have two or 300,000 people at a time. And she is just amazingly positive. And I think the world needs to come back to positivity. So that's my best. What's yours, my dear?
2: So I think my future self knows the way that I'm going to reach, you know, millions more people than I'm reaching right now to really, truly help give them a new beginning and a new start and really understand what it is inside of them that's holding them back.
0: Hmm. I like that. I like that. Well, um, uh, Mark, if you ever do it with Dolly Parton here in Nashville, you got to let me know. <laughs> I would come? She
1: is, she is, she is so. a cover of People Magazine, which I happen to buy. Uh, and it just is amazing. She's, just
2: because she was on it. He saw it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> one, of our, uh, one of our great musicians friends is has got the same agent that she does. So they're yeah. in discussions now. And I said, look, yeah. we used to run these giant rallies, inclusive of Nashville with PMA rallies. And some names you won't know, but Paul Harvey and Zig Ziglar and Cabot Robert and myself and back then Neil Diamond and or John Denver and we just we blew it out of the back then the most you could have was 17,000 in arena today arenas can hold more so it, and I think they're going to be some outside and it'll be very exciting and I'm sure we'll do Nashville because it's one of the crowningly good cities in the planet.
0: Yeah yeah I love it here I love it here well before I ask the last question I want to acknowledge you guys. Uh, Crystal, you first for being able to, you know, when you were 20 years old in the line for for food stamps, be able to have that kind of that realization, that epiphany of like, wait, this is not going to be my life. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to take the easy way out. I'm not going to be complacent. I'm going to start taking action. And then then you did and, you know, a year and a half later, you were doing modeling and and working in real estate and and doing really well for yourself. Um, And so I think think a lot of people are doing that. And I want to or a lot of people are in that situation and maybe aren't taking action as, as quickly as, uh, and as profoundly as you did. And so I think that's, um, really special.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate that acknowledgement.
0: Of course. Uh, of course. And and Mark, you as well, back when, uh, in 26, when you went bankrupt, you, you, you flipped it around pretty quickly within two months, you were doing four talks a day. And then, like you said, I forget the exact figure but a thousand talks in a year, like, like Tony Robbins to be able to, have the ability to ask yourself that bigger question. And instead of 400, how can it be 4,000? Instead of 100,000, how can it be a million? And, and for you to be able to take that and run with the career that you've been able to have, like we haven't, we haven't talked anything about uh, chicken soup for the soul or, or anything like that, but be able to run with that and have the career that you have, it's, it's obviously been had a profound impact on you and so many countless others
1: we think we've had a billion readers worldwide and we're just, I I could not be more thankful that I got to do something big. And we're, like I told you, we're not done. We think we've got, we think chicken soup and, and 7,000 talks to multiple millions of people and now hundreds of thousands, a hundred, maybe a hundred million by all these podcasts we've done. Um, is a great foundation what we're asking everyone to do is is go to amazon get a copy of the book and then come to askthebookclub.com and we're you know going to give you a a whole story about our book ask and take you to become deep so you can become what we call a master asker and have your life work out and you'll get every good thing you want
0: awesome well I registered for the book club yesterday so I'm excited for it <laughs> yeah yeah well uh well yeah before I ask the last question like like Mark just said, make sure you guys go get uh, "Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny." I got it here. You can see it in the background uh, there as well. You can get that on Amazon, and then go to askthebookclub.com. I'll have all that um, linked up in the show notes. Anywhere else, uh, you know, you guys are on social media. Mark Victor Hansen, Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Anywhere else that they should go uh, and learn more about you guys and about Ask.
2: You know, that's the perfect way to do it because that's the way to connect to us, and then we'll be rolling out a lot of cool stuff this year. We really want to raise people up because we're concerned that people are so. Down. A lot of people have been really um, downtrodden by this, by all the uncertainty. So we need to rise together. So we we want to be a resource.
0: Amen to that. Well, uh, well, guys, the last question is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself, I think it's a constant journey. And then I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the the best version of myself is a little bit different than the way that you guys are going to get closer to the best version of yourself. So, again, for each of you individually, for each of you personally, if there are three things. That you can currently do or currently work on to get closer to that best version of mark and crystal that you can possibly be then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on
2: i think for me it's always a struggle just super organize myself because we have so much coming at us right now so organization is important we have so much content right now that we're putting together and try to put in a form that out and you know get it to the right people so always like prioritizing organizing and then just taking that action um it is just that's that's what's important for me right now because i know we have all that that we need we just need to get it out there
1: so she did this busy so i'll do the general figure out what you want which we're always doing every day in this prayer and meditation. And number two, we put it in writing. We literally journal everything and, and we get a gazillion journals. I got journals back 44 years now, thank God. I learned that a long time ago that you got a journal. And number three, we visualize to realize. And I got a whole set of tapes on that. And obviously there's a best-selling book coming out next month that I wrote called Visualizing is Realizing because the, the publisher, you know, book sales are up 30% and we're very thankful that they are even though bookstores are closed, which is just <laughs> sort of a mind blower to me because I used to do so much with bookstores.
0: Yeah, well, uh, those are those are three great things. I'm like, um, looking forward to to getting visualizing to to realize as well. I think that's uh, going to be awesome. And like I said, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest constant steps that we have to do to try to visualize to gain clarity on, on how, what does the best version of ourself look like um, so that we actually can create some sort of game plan and strategy to get there. But, uh, but that's all we got today. Uh, Mark and Crystal, thanks so much. It was, it was an honor to have you guys on. And uh, that's all we got today. There you have it. Such a special episode with Mark and Crystal. So what question am I going to start asking myself every single day? It's how can I make the biggest impact on the most people in a way that is unique to me? Again, how can I make the biggest impact on the most people in a way that is unique to me? Ask yourself big questions and you'll get big answers. Be sure you share this amazing episode with your friends and family members by sending them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. Remember, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't let a lack of self-confidence, fear, or naivete hold you back. Ask big questions so you can get big answers and so you can take massive action to get massive results. And again, you have to go check out the book, Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. It's not going to make any difference in my life, whether or not you go get this book, but I promise you, it will make a huge difference in your life. It's already made a big difference in my life and, and I'm asking myself questions differently now because of it. All you have to do is go to Amazon real quickly. There's a link in my show notes where you can get it and pick it up in a matter of seconds. So go out and ask. Start asking yourself. Start asking others and start asking God better questions and watch yourself day in and day out, getting closer and closer to your best.